tours with horses. You may have seen videos of dogs or cats pushing buttons that speak out loud in English. My name is Carmen and that's what I'm doing only with my horse. I've been surprised and excited and delighted by what Lyra has said so far and it makes me look forward to the future. Who knows what can happen when we give a voice to our horses. Welcome back to a belated episode of Words with Horses. In this episode, I'll talk a bit about where I've been, what I've been up to, and how we're managing in these really cold temperatures. I want to discuss consent communication a bit, as well as peek into the future, considering my intentions for the year ahead. I don't really do New Year's resolutions per se, but I do like to set intentions for the coming year, and more, uh, who do I want to be? In the next year. I like to just have really broad general intentions typically. So we'll see where that takes us. I have added a new button so I'll be talking about that too. First of all, uh, some explanation is required because I have not recorded an episode um, in an entire full month. So what happened to December? First, there were some very intense weeks of work and uh, then a full week of Christmas prep and cleanup. So I apologize for the lack of update. I will try to be more intentional and informative when I need to schedule a hiatus. I might need to do one of those in January because I have some new intenseness coming up in, at work for the next month. We'll see how that goes. I hope your holidays were wonderful. Mine have been a little bit stressful, but mostly pleasant. Uh, just busy. Uh, always, always busy. Just extra things going on. One thing that's keeping me busy in the present is the cold. Oh my goodness. Uh, our high temperatures are in the teens Fahrenheit with lows near zero Fahrenheit, if not below. I think it's supposed to get down to negative three tonight. That might be the lowest we've gotten so far. And it's meant a lot of extra work and a few things for Lyra. So as a Curly, she is one of the most hardy breeds that exist. She has a thick curly hair coat. And someday I might just do a curly horse breed episode. I might have mentioned that before. But these horses were found amongst the Mustangs in Nevada around the 1930s. And there was a, a rancher who had kind of seen them, thought they were unique and kind of cool, and incorporated a few into his herd. Not with a, a, a ton of great intention, but they seemed like pretty good, stocky, uh, healthy horses. And then they turned their horses out to the pastures for the winter, and one winter was just brutal. Just a really brutal winter. And at the end of the winter, when they rounded up the horses to bring them back in, only the curly horses remained. The others had succumbed to the, the conditions. So yes, Lyra is a super, super hardy horse. But she does need extra hay. And of course she needs liquid water uh, when it gets cold. You can't drink ice. Uh, the downside of all of this is there is no electricity out in her one acre paddock. So that means we have a bit of a challenge. What I've been doing is alternating buckets of water so they can thaw inside the house and give her uh, fresh liquid water outside. And I've also been dumping buckets of hot water on top of her water to keep it thawed. 
she will break the ice to get a drink if there's a crust of ice over the top but if it's too thick she has destroyed a bucket before i don't want it to get to that point i don't want her to destroy to destroy buckets and i also know she'll drink more water if it's more of a moderate temperature and she doesn't have to break ice to get to it so uh, that's been some effort and i guess keeping my arms in shape hauling the water around now she doesn't need a blanket for reasons I've already mentioned, but when daytime highs are in the teens and lower, I do put a blanket on her anyway. I believe that it makes her more comfortable, even if she doesn't need it for her health and safety. That doesn't mean that she wouldn't like to be a little bit warmer at night. Um, also, it has a really nice side effect that when I'm spending time with her, uh, you might have noticed I feed a lot of treats, and there really isn't a good way to feed treats with gloves on. It just isn't a thing. No matter what kind of gloves I've tried, there's no way to accurately, nicely feed treats without a lot of waste if I'm using gloves. So my hand gets cold, really cold. But if I just give her some scritches under that warm blanket, it warms my hand up pretty darn quick. So that, that can be nice too. So because of this, I felt it made a lot of sense to add a blanket button. I know I've mentioned a lot of buttons uh, that I was thinking about adding in prior episodes, haven't gotten to those yet, but this blanket button just became a clear and present need. So I am placing it a bit lower on the board. It'll go under the mask button. I figure those are kind of two related objects that go on and come off sometimes. So I put it a bit lower beneath the mask button. This does mean it eats up more real estate on the board. Um, and takes up more space. But I felt it was important to place it lower because I have noticed Lyra hitting buttons by accident sometimes. I can usually tell when she does this because she'll hit the correct button twice or sometimes I've asked her to confirm like, do you want play? And she'll actually push the button yes. So I do get the sense she's accidentally pressing buttons when they're too close together vertically. And that kind of makes sense if you think about the way a horse's head pivots up and down. They don't necessarily punch straight out to hit a button. They have that levering action. So their nose kind of swoops up and down. So it makes sense that she would frequently accidentally hit the wrong button um, beneath the button she wants or above the button she wants because of that motion. So that's why I gave it a bit more space. We'll see if that helps. I have modeled it uh, just once. So I had her blanket put on her before I gave her the button. But then yesterday I went out and I actually got a, a pretty sturdy back scratcher uh, stick that I have that I use for myself when I've got that itchy spot in the back center of my back. I took that out and I modeled uh, blanket scratches and I used that scratcher stick to get in there and give her all kinds of scratches and she seemed to enjoy it. She didn't request it, but I was. it felt like a good way that I could model the word blanket in, in some kind of context. So that's one thing. Um, then probably today, admittedly, it started snowing pretty hard. We'll see what happens with the weather. But I'm going to remove her blanket and groom her really well and check and make sure it's not rubbing her wrong anywhere. And then when I before I do that, I'm going to model blanket all done. Blanket all done, blanket all done. And remove her blanket so she'll get some exposure that way as well and then just for fun before nightfall 
I will uh, offer the blanket to see if she wants it put back on and I'll see if she would be willing to press the button for blanket or blanket yes to request the blanket to be put back on. I'll probably put it back on her anyway. So this brings me to the future and something I'm considering about consent cues. Uh, I want to have a more mobile yes, no cue with Lyra. So her buttons are of course stationary inside her shed. It only makes sense that way. But I would love when I'm taking her for walks or doing training with riding or other environments, places, things, I would love if I could ask her yes or no if she has a preference for something. I feel like it can be challenging to train these types of cues with food. So let me explain. So in positive reinforcement training, I'm actually starting to try to call this additive reinforcement training because I think it's more accurate. We can train start buttons for consent cues. So one thing I do with Lyra is before I brush her, I present the brush to her. When she touches the brush with her nose, then I will start to brush her with the brush. Um, similar with her halter. I present her halter. If she touches it, then I hold it out so she can put her head in it. Um, mounting blocks are frequently used for this for riding a horse. If you have your horse trained to stand by the mounting block as a start cue, you would go and stand up on the mounting block. If your horse comes over and stands next to you, then that's a cue that it's okay to get on and ride. But these are trained with treats. And there's the question, is it coercion if they wouldn't get a treat for refusing? So whenever Lyra seems reluctant or confused about something, about something I'm offering or, or some kind of start button cue, I try to return to the default standstill head forward and give her a reward for that. So in that sense, she gets rewarded even for saying no. At least I've been trying to be better about doing that. I haven't always been, but I'm uh, working on it. So if she gets a treat for saying yes, I'm not sure she always necessarily understands. So for example, uh, I've played a game with her with her saddle pad. I'll have her target her saddle pad and then I'll put it on her and give her a treat. And then I'll walk around to the other side of her and have her target me on her offside on the right side. And then I will take the saddle pad off and give her a treat. And so she started to very quickly reach her head over to this offside to request for the saddle pad to be taken off. But I believe for her, it's more about playing the game than an actual preference. So that is kind of the tricky uh, scenario we can get into with these cues is, are they saying yes and no, just to have an opportunity to play the game and get a treat? Or do they actually understand that they're expressing a preference? So that is, that's the, really the crux of it. It makes me wonder if I can give her a more active, intentional yes or no cue. So someone I've been watching on Instagram, Anna French Equine, has posted some really interesting videos with her horse Marley, where she's training him to touch her left hand for yes and her right hand for no. And her video really illustrates how important it is to be clear and careful to be sure your learner understands that putting a blanket on or off that they're expressing a preference versus just uh, asking for a treat. 
So this is something I tried to do with Lyra once briefly, just a hand target, one, one hand for yes, one hand for no. I wasn't doing it with a lot of fidelity. I wasn't doing treats for no as well as yes. So I was just playing around a little bit. But I've been thinking that I might want an even more mobile option because the hand targeting thing isn't necessarily going to work if I'm not right next to my horse, able to stand very near to my horse. I might want there to be a more distance friendly option as well as an option that might work if I was in the saddle. So if I'm trying to think of an option for yes or no that would work when we were anywhere or when I was in the saddle, I'm thinking I've got maybe a couple of options. One of these is using the horse's own body language. So of course they communicate all kinds of body language. And of course I already know, you know, if she leans towards something or is interested in something, well, that's a yes, she wants that. Or if she like looks away or backs away from something, obviously that's a no. So those things are pretty, pretty apparent. But if I'm trying to just get a more abstract, concrete, yes, no answer, I'm thinking about, can I teach a horse to nod yes and shake their head no? So there are our YouTube videos. This is a trick that people teach their animals all the time, but they don't do it with concrete meaning in mind. It's more of a party trick. And then you could ask your animal things like, oh, are you a good girl? And then give them the yes cue. Or do you love me? And give them the yes cue. That, that's not meaning. That's just a, a, a behavior that they have been taught to repeat when they're given a cue. I'm wondering if I can teach these behaviors and then teach them to have meaning based upon what I'm presenting to Lyra. And one thing I'm kind of thinking of is like a non-preferred food. For example, she's not crazy about cucumber. If I can train her to nod her head yes and shake her head no, if I offer her cucumber, she would shake her head no and then I would give her a treat. If I offer her a treat, she would shake her, nod her head yes and get the treat. So that's one example of a way in which I could start extrapolating the yes, no body language to meaning. And then it is something that would work in the saddle. One other kind of random silly thing that I'm thinking about, um, maybe it's silly, maybe it's not, we'll see, is actually mounting the buttons on Lyra. And I'm, I'm sure she would be fine with this and would get accustomed to it. I'd make sure they were comfortable. But I got a couple of uh, different buttons lately. They are the Fluent Pet buttons. So I have been using the Learning Resources buttons from Amazon because they're larger and they're cheaper and they're much easier to mount to a vertical board. So I got a couple of the little Fluent Pet buttons just to try them out and they're pretty darn small. But I'm thinking I might have a way if I like cut a little hole and mount and slip the button part through like a leg wrap or something that I could wrap it around her leg in a place where she could reach down and actually push the button on her own body. And one of the things that makes me think about this is in my job in a school district, there are students who are nonverbal who need to be able to carry around their communication devices. Some of them have handles, some have wheelchair mounts, some even have straps that go around their neck um, if they're a small device. So I'm thinking, what if Lyra could wear 
some communication buttons. And then that would give her an ability to communicate preference at a distance. And maybe I could give her yes, no, all done, a few buttons like that, that she could just be able to express some clear needs. Help might be a good one. Just like, I think I could maybe fit like four core words on her legs where she could easily touch them and they wouldn't necessarily interfere with general movement. I don't know. Might be a crazy idea. But I am considering this notion of having her self-press buttons on her body. So I'll be exploring that maybe later. First, I think I will start with the body language cues, just teaching the, the head nod for yes and head shake for no. The thing about teaching those is the most common ways to do it seem to involve making the horse physically annoyed or uncomfortable in some way. And that's really not how I want to do it, like pinching or tickling or something like that. And I'm like, eh, I'm really not crazy about that. If there's a better way, I would like to find it. So that's what I'm trying to do first, at least with the nod yes, is uh, just have her follow the target up and down and see if I can get that motion to uh, be, to get that motion, get it repeated treat it very often, and then maybe put it on a cue. I've started a little bit with that, but her head motion is really slow. It's like sticky, like she doesn't quite understand. She follows it, but she follows the target really slowly. Like, what do you want from me? When am I going to get the treat? So maybe with some repetition that will uh, pick up speed a little bit. Of course, that's something I can start looking for. I have to put on a, my really careful motion detecting eye to detect those tiny approximations closer to what I want so I can click and reward on uh, that progress. And then as far as shaking her head, I might be able to capture that one because sometimes she likes to rub her head up against me and get some scratches and when I give her scratches around her pole and around her head, when, uh, when she's kind of done with the scratches, she'll naturally shake her head. And so I might start clicking that and rewarding that and that's called captures when, if I can just capture that behavior and start to put it on a cue. I'll see if I can see if I can do some of that and perhaps that'll give me what I need in order to get at least those body motions on cue. And then once I kind of have them on cue, maybe I can extrapolate some meaning into them based off of pairing them with offerings, like pairing a cucumber and saying, no, you don't want cucumber. I know you don't want cucumber and presenting treat. Yes, you want a treat. I know you want a treat. Things like that. So we'll, I'll take that uh, road first, but I always have five other, 10 other, 20 other roads uh, that I can see rolling out into the distance in front of me. And I might take some of those roads too in the future. Last but not least, I don't know how much I mentioned this in the last episode, but I was offered to have some of my video licensed and maybe sold around. And I decided I needed to do my own legwork first and see if people were interested in my content on YouTube. So that is something I still intend to look into. I've been doing some homework about the best way to go about posting things on YouTube and some of the important things to consider about content. And one thing that I noticed pretty clearly out there 
is there aren't a lot of really good step-by-step how-to videos with this animal button communication or symbolic animal communication. It's all pretty either entertainment, which, which is awesome. I could watch the entertainment videos all day of seeing all of the dogs and cats that are now using buttons. And I've got some favorites. They're so cool to watch. And I know some people watch my videos also just for that reason. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I haven't seen anyone really go through the nuts and bolts of, you know, what is communication? What does that look like? How do we already communicate with our animals? And how do we know that they're communicating intentionally if we start using these buttons? Which buttons do you use? Where do you get them? How do you compare them? How do you mount them? How, which ones do you choose to introduce? All of these things that I've kind of covered in the podcast just as little elements of my own journey along the way, I might like to package into more of an instructional format to answer those questions about why and how um, to do this activity with our animals because I think it is worthwhile and I think they can share some abstract thoughts and opinions if they have access to some more communication, which of course is the why, the why behind uh, me doing this whole project. So I will post a link to my YouTube channel once I have some content available. I have finally found kind of the right place in my house to do some recording and some of the first topics that I might cover. So we'll see where that goes. It probably won't be a quick and immediate project, something I build on over time, just like this podcast. Thank you for listening very much and feel free to reach out to me, wordswithhorses at gmail.com. I also have a Words with Horses link tree, which now branches off into all of my other social media platforms because I didn't end up having the same profile name on each one of them because I set them up at different points in my journey. So please check those out. Feel free to reach out if you have any thoughts or questions. Thanks for listening. Thank you.